We welcome you to the media ministries of the Gathering Church in the Countryside YMCA of Mainville. As we love the Lord and each other, we're trusting that God would use us to plant a church in every YMCA around the world. To this end, would you join us? We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and in community groups throughout the week. As you listen to this resource, our prayer is that your love for Jesus would grow deep and your love for others would be seen and heard. So Lord, you're doing something special this morning. Every Sunday when we come together, when the people of God sing, when they pray, when they when they give you praise, you promise to be with us. And just even just lacing those songs together, we, we know that you are leading us, and it's a promise. It says that those who have the Spirit of God are led by the Spirit of God. And so we praise you for your leadership in our life. We just sang how you are a lantern in the dark. And I know that there are people here who are in the season of deepest gloom, of sadness. And we, we don't want to dismiss that as a non-Christian emotion. Lord, we want to bring our sadness to you. We want to bring our, our heaviness to you. We want to bring our delight, our joys, everything, every time we come to you. And you promise that when we draw near to you, that you draw near to us. You don't play hard to get. You're not distant. And so we just quiet our souls now and just ask, Lord, what are you saying to us? Where are you leading us? Bible, your written word. We know that when we do that, it's like heaven itself opens up and we hear from you. Would you soften hearts? Would you mend hearts? Would you would you be the great lifter of our, of our heads? We need you now. May, may my voice just fall in the background. May you speak clearly now to your people and feed them well, we pray. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have a seat. You may have a seat. And kids, hang on just a minute. Ages five to seven, stick in there. We've got a little bit of a treat for you. So um, let me just set it up like this. Um, thank you, Joe and Becca, for just serving our church and um, allowing us to, to see Christ more clearly. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. And look at that. It's snowing out. What a gift. That's great. That will be great for an NFC championship game. Don't you think? I know. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we, uh, we've been in the Foundation Series. If you're new, if you're visiting with us, we want to just welcome you. Um, it says in the Bible, get this, ready? In Romans 1, it says that the righteous will live by faith. That's not that the, the righteous will have it all together, but more so that the people of God, those who have received Jesus, our righteousness, they orient their whole lives around the things of God. He is their greatest treasure, their, their, their very satisfaction of their soul. And so it's like they drop everything and they make Him priority, the first in their life. And so we, every January, we return to this uh, foundation series 
to almost return back to the basics and say, how this year are we going to orient our lives around the things of God? And we spent uh, our first Sunday saying that, that Jesus, he reached up the up arrow and that he, he prayed to the Father. He, he lived his whole life to please him and to submit to his will. We used a couple of illustrations of his life, and we looked at Psalm 119. But one of them was that when Jesus was in the wilderness and he was being tempted, you remember it? And he said, against Satan, he fought the temptations by saying, it is written. And one way that Jesus walked with his father is that he immersed himself with the words of his father, God's word. He memorized it. And so that Sunday, we called our people this year, just like Paul said, we are going to immerse ourselves in God's word. And specifically, we're going to do it through memorizing and meditating through Romans 8. And so uh, this year, periodically, we're going to have uh, individuals, families come on up and just share what they've been um, memorizing. And so this morning, the Hartzels are going to kick us off, okay? So come on up here. Looks like you got a microphone. And the Hartzels are going to recite Romans 8, 1 through 12. Is that what we talked about, Caroline? A little shorter. shorter. Okay, that's my bad. Just 1 and 2. 1 and 2. Okay. I know. I was totally teasing. My, My bad. Okay. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Great job, McKinley. Great job, Madison. She wants a treat. Yeah, there's mints in the back. <laughs> we have church mints. Uh-huh. Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> well done. Well done, Hartzels. That's so good. That's so good. So join us. Join us in, in, in giving memorization a shot. Uh, ages 5 to 7, if you want to be dismissed now, um, into the back, you're welcome. Have a great time learning about the gospel of Jesus Christ through the scriptures. We love you guys. Good. And just to be practical with that up, with that that notion of Jesus living uh, unto the Father and calling our church to this year to live a life glorifying the Lord, a very good, common question that we want bouncing back and forth in between each other is simply just, hey, how's your relationship with the Lord doing? So ask each other that. Ask, how you doing? How you doing with time in the Word? How's your prayer life? These are the things, the, the basic, like blocking and tackling, the common questions that the church needs to be asking each other so that we can grow in Christ together. Speaking of that, growing in Christ together, um, last Sunday, we spent uh, our time talking about what it means for Jesus to pour his life into a few. We call that the in Sunday, the in arrows, where Jesus modeled a life of loving one another, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. He did it all, right? And then he called his followers to do the same thing, to make disciples of all nations. And we spent time talking about what it means to teach others to obey all the things that Jesus has commanded, right? The kindness and the patience of Christ and things like that. It was beautiful, and we had a chance to do a little group sign-up, but um, we talked about how really in our church, the life of the church, we want to love one another. Um, Yes, on Sundays, absolutely, we serve each other on Sundays, um, but also in the life of the groups. And so we meet here on Sundays, and then throughout the week, we We meet in groups to practice the commands of Jesus, to love one another, to be friends, and to follow Jesus together. Following God, loving God, doesn't happen in a vacuum. Although it does happen in a closet, yes? Jesus says, hey, go hide out and be alone. But you can't follow Jesus entirely by being alone. And so we must be together, right? This is for extroverts and introverts, everyone 
You need people in your lives. And so um, uh, we, we talked about how one leader said, my prayer this year for our group is that we would be a group outside our group time. <laughs> that we'd be calling each other and we would be like asking how each other are doing and, and hey, what's, what's going on in your life? Hey, can I pray for you? Things like that. We shared a quote, and we, I, I put it um, up on the slide for you again this week just to, just to bring it to the surface again. And this is by Mark Dever. It says, uh, when we were talking about discipling, it says, discipling is basic to Christianity. You see that one? There it is. Part of growing in maturity is helping others grow in maturity. Don't, don't like let that just slip by, right? Part of growing in maturity is helping others grow in maturity. God wants you to be in church, not merely so that your needs are met, but so that you will be equipped and encouraged to care for others. What a great vision statement for your whole life. Isn't that awesome? I love that. So if we were just to pause there, and this is just your Pastor Mike doing just a little bit of review before we jump into the reaching out direction. Like things should surface in your mind and heart, right? Like just to be totally practical, um, as a result of studying the foundations in the past two weeks, your heart should bubble up and should do something like this, okay? This isn't like thus saith the Lord, but I'm just trying to be as tangible as possible. Like let's say you call your wife, you're at the grocery store and you're like, hey babe, tell me what we need again. Like I'm just stopping on the way home from work. And she's like, yeah, why don't you just like, grab some stuff for fajitas and you're like yeah great hey what does that mean again you know right if you're anything like me right and then you're like hey what well, sweetheart how about i buy double and we have the smiths over this weekend right that's it like you, you're, it's it's just a common thing that you that you just want to live your life. You want to orient your life around loving God and loving others, and so you buy a little bit more chicken and beef, a little bit more veggies, and you have someone over to show them the love of Jesus. Or it might look like this. Let's say you got thirty minutes in your car five days a week. To and from work, right? Um, now, a lot of folks are like working from home, but like, just go with me, okay? Let's just say, you, I mean, a lot of people are still in the car, okay? And so maybe on Monday, you're like, I've got to catch up on news. And so you're like listening to the radio. You're listening to whatever, however you get your news. On Tuesday, you're like, you know what? I'm going to listen to a sermon or a, a, a whatever, right? Maybe on Wednesday, you're like, I'm going to catch up on my favorite podcast, Thursday, like, man, I don't know what's going on in the world. It's been since Monday since I've listened to news. But Friday, Friday, you go, you know what? I'm going to call Sarah if you're a girl. Or if you're a guy, I'm going to call Jerry. And I'm going to see how he's doing. Right? Pretty simple application, right? And it, it might look like this. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Hey, what's up? What are you calling for? Ah. I'm actually just calling for friendship. I was wondering, I don't know if this is weird or if anyone's asked you this week, but I was wondering if you had any prayer requests. Because I have, I have 30 minutes to and from work, and so I just thought I could be praying for you. And she'd be like, no agenda? I'm like, well, I mean, actually the agenda is I, I want to pray. I want to draw near to you. I want to be your, be your friend and follow Christ together. And she's like, cool. Cool. These just like three examples of, of how to live out loving God and loving others. I pray that our church is marked by these, that it would just dominate your calendar, that it would be the mark of your life. And now today, uh, we're headed to the out arrow. We're looking at the scriptures and we're looking at how followers of Jesus turn their eyes outwards to the harvest, how they have a heart for those who are far from him. They have a heart for those who don't know him and they long, they long to bring the gospel message 
to those who don't know it so that they can know him and grow in him. That's where we're headed today. The text, Acts 19. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to the book of Acts. If you're new to the scriptures, Acts is in the New Testament, which means a little bit further to the right than the middle. It was Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then what, kids? Acts. That's right. Little plug for kids' worship. We just started uh, singing the books of the Bible song, Moms and Dads. Um, put that on in your car as you go. And, um, and uh, our goal for kids' worship is that they would memorize the hymn of the month and then also the books of the Bible this year. And it's a really catchy tune, I promise. Acts 19, verses 8 through 10. This is the word of the Lord. And he entered the synagogue and for three months spoke boldly, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. But when some of became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. Verse 10, this continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And we ask that you would use this to pierce our hearts, my heart, that you would inform my mind and our church's mind about how to live our life, to orient our lives around you, your desires, your heart, and our calling as Christians. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so friends, here we see Paul's heart. We see his zeal for reaching out for the, to those who are far from him. And it also, these few verses just capture uh, the normal rhythms of Paul's ministry. This is typical of our Apostle Paul, okay? He would enter a city. First, he would go to the synagogue. He would hang out there for a little bit. He would get kicked out thrown out, beat up, or whatever. And then he would go uh, to the Greeks and minister there and uh, find fruit. And while he was persuading or teaching or reasoning or preaching, he would, he would, he would talk to them. He would, he would be in homes. He would, he would find various areas where people would naturally congregate or gather. And in this one, this one, I'm especially interested in, in how he chose the hall of Tyrannus to reason in daily. And so we're going to look at why Paul chose that place in particular, and then we're going to relate it to our church, the gathering, and how God has placed us right here in the YMCA. So that those are our connections this morning, some from the text to application for our church. So let's start in verse 8 and dive deeply. It says, reasoning and persuading them about the kingdom of God. All right, so let's, let's, let's study how Paul did this thing called evangelism, okay? So first, it uses the word reasoning. This is from the word uh, dialegomai, which is where we get our word uh, dialogue. So reasoning... When you hear the word reasoning, it doesn't mean that Paul um, had a spirit of arguing. It means that he went into a situation with kindness, that our Apostle Paul was, was courteous. He asked questions. He invited conversation, and he kept the conversation going. If you just put your finger on the text, how long did this conversation go in this hall or in the synagogue? It was for three months. Right? So this was not a one-time conversation. This brother did it for 90 days. And this word, reasoning, is a typical word uh, to describe Paul's pattern of ministry. He was in dialogue with people. 
But if you look, there's also another word used to describe his pattern of ministry. It says he persuaded. Um, this is uh, in, the, in the Greek text. It's the original uh, present tense, which means he continually did it. Not just he was always persuading um, present tense, but more so that his pattern of ministry was one of persuasiveness. He was out to convince his listeners of the truth, which makes the modern day ear a little bit nervous, right? When you say persuasion, it sounds almost like, man, this guy, I feel like he's trying to manipulate me, right? But this is, this is a good word. Remember, Paul wasn't nasty. He wasn't trying to just win an argument and belittle his opponent. That wasn't his attitude. However, uh, Paul was not casual towards souls. He didn't treat people flippantly, and he certainly didn't treat their destination flippantly. He was seeking to persuade them so that they would put their confidence in Jesus as king. You notice he says he's, he was reasoning and persuading about what? The kingdom of God. So he's talking about the kingdom of God, right? This is way more than just um, a, a futuristic view of, hey, one day Jesus is going to come back and he's going to establish a thousand year reign on earth. Uh, take it or leave it. He's more so talking about Christ as king. And if he is king... And if you follow him, you are his kingdom subjects, loyal to the crown. Therefore, and we're going to say it again, therefore, you must orient your whole life around king. This is not new to the scriptures. This is what Jesus did. Don't go there, but, but listen to me read uh, how Jesus was teaching and persuading and reasoning with Nicodemus. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the, that's right, the kingdom of God. So Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? So Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. This is the kind of stuff that Paul is persuading and reasoning about in the public square. So let's just pause for, for a quick reflection, okay? I think uh, we have a lot to learn from Paul. Um, and I think just a good, simple question to take a moment to reflect on would be this. Um, how am I doing talking with people about the Lord, right? Uh, you don't need to, to go to seminary to come up with that question. I'm not trying to be cool or clever. Um, if, if we are to follow this Jesus and his followers are modeling also how to live, they are in dialogue with non-believers, and so just the, the good question would be, am I in dialogue with non-believers, not just about anything, not just about the playoff games? Am I in dialogue with them about the things of God, the kingdom of God? And so a good, good prayer might be, Lord, would you help me? Would you grow me in that area? Lord, would you help me not shrink back? Lord, I fear bringing up this spiritual conversation because it might lead to X, Y, Z, right? It might lead to politics, and we're not supposed to talk about that, right? Or it might lead to us disagreeing about something. If I can just quote my good friend from Texas, he would always say, well, if we disagree, is your understanding that we can't be friends? <laughs> right? So let's not be afraid to dialogue, to reason, and even have the heart to persuade, to bring some into the kingdom of God with the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That might intimidate you, scare you, make you a little nervous, and it does me too. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? Amen. 
Here's a couple questions that I have found to be very useful as a tool in dialogue with non-believers. If you're looking for a framework of what I'm doing right now, this is called Equipping the Saints for the Work of Ministry. I want you to take these questions and use them, okay? So here's one. Number one, uh, what is your spiritual background? What's your spiritual background? Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is so non-threatening of a question. It, it just It is so widespread. It's like casting a very large net. They can take it anywhere. It doesn't use the word denomination, religion, or it, it, it's spiritual. You can use it for those of any uh, race, skin color, whatever, like religion. You can use this with Muslim. It gets you in the game talking about spiritual things with people. What's your spiritual background? I really like that question. Number two, what has been your experience with Christianity? That also gets you in the game. What's been your experience? Um, buckle up for this one because you, you might hear some baggage. You might hear some hardships. You might hear um, how someone handled or maybe was persuasive and edgy and, and like fighting-esque, if that's a word. Um, you need to be ready for this. But your call as a Christian is to keep the conversation going, to ask Good questions. To be a listener, to be a thinker, to be intelligent. Number three, um, and you can preface this question with, hey, I'd love to get to know you better in this way, dot, dot, dot. Tell me of a time your mind has been changed about a spiritual matter or issue. I found that one to be really helpful It is a, almost a soil test to see if they're willing to talk about things. Are they willing to dialogue? Um, or is the window totally closed down to anything? I've never had my mind changed about anything. <laughs> Maybe a follow-up question would be, would you, consider, would you consider having your mind changed at one point? Right? So, good. Those are just three questions. All right, so let's see how Paul, the evangelist, like the superstar evangelist of the Christian faith, evangelized to these people. Let's see the results, okay? Let's see the outcome. Here we go. We read it earlier. I'll, I'll read it again. We're at verse 9. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him. All right, so this is an interesting like note to observe in this text. Everyone look here. Paul did not fail in evangelism here. Like this all-conference evangelist was dialoguing, was persuading, was convincing, was preaching, teaching, and they didn't come to Christ. Did Paul fail? No. This is me preparing you for the ministry. Friends, remember that when you share the gospel, not everyone will become a Christian. So I would encourage you, keep sharing the gospel. And keep at it. And trust him with the results. A man named D.L. Moody, who is a chaplain of the YMCA, said the same sun that melts the ice hardens the clay. The same sun that melts the ice, that would be melting, like becoming a Christian, like the Holy Spirit moving and working in the life of a person and converting them, that same sun also hardens the clay. And it's interesting to see that even in God's hardening, when people don't become Christians, God uses that to advance the gospel. Christian, don't be discouraged. God is still at work. Isn't that strange? Even in the hardening, God advances the gospel. And he does it right here. 
All right, trivia question. Here we go. Ready, kids? Before Christians were called Christians, what were they called? It's in this text. You can peek down. It's not cheating. It starts with a W, rhymes with Shmei, rhymes with hay, rhymes with what? You got it. Well done. Give me a hand. Yes. It's okay. We can speak in church. We can do this. I love it. So let's learn about this. The way. Verse, the next verse. But when some became stubborn and continued in unbelief, speaking evil of the way before the congregation, he withdrew from them and took the disciples with him, reasoning daily in the hall of Tyrannus. Okay. So this hall of Tyrannus. A little history. Let's go history channel here, okay? Tyrannus was a guy, okay? Now, it is hard to, to believe and think that a, a, like parents would go, oh, like, let's name our child, like, tyrant, right? I mean, that's what it means. Um, and so historians think that it's probably a nickname that this guy was given, and this hall was named after. But certainly, it's an important note that it was the hall of, so possessive. It was Tyrannus's hall. He owned it. He managed it. Um, and it wasn't Paul's. We'll get to that later. And it does seem that a lot of things were happening in this hall. Okay? So the original word used here is shole which used um, in other texts outside of Scripture and in Scripture as leisure or rest or freedom from labor or business. So during this time, especially students, but all sorts of people would come to this hall and have leisure, have rest. But the students who would come in like droves would would bring like their ideas and they were there was an exchange of ideas and over time the culture recognized that this place this place is being used to to learn and to to have an exchange of philosophical ideas and thoughts and so that is how we took up on that idea and got the name school from shole School. So here, and here's where it gets really interesting. We're talking about the city of Ephesus here, which is in a hot climate. All right. In hot climates, I don't know if you ever lived in a hot climate outside of Ohio, but especially overseas, Middle East, whatever, they run things a little bit differently because it's so incredibly. So in the morning they work, in the evening they work. And if about from the hours of 11 to 4, depending on the culture, they take what's called a siesta. They take a little nap. Businesses shut down. Things stop. They go have lunch. They go have, you know, just rest time. And they just take it easy. And they come back when it's not like the sun is just beating down on them. What's the point? Historians, scholars believe that Paul and his disciples... Um, rented this hall during the hours of about 11 to 4 in the hot sun when everyone's passing from work and to and fro. And they gave up their personal time. They gave up their siesta, maybe even their lunch, so that others would hear about Jesus Christ. Do you hear that? Like they were willing to sacrifice their time to further the kingdom of God. That's a great point. Another point is that this hall, Paul and his disciples viewed it as a strategic gathering point for the community. Um, missiologists, which is a fancy way to say people who study missions, um, call spaces that are common gathering points for the communities, they, they call it a third space. They say that people need a couple spaces in their life 
um, that, that, that they can build relationships where they feel comfortable uh, in dialogue with people. One, it would be the church, if you're a Christian, that you come here and you get fellowship. One would certainly be the home, that people feel comfortable in their own homes. They bring people in their homes. That's where friendships happen, in homes. And then missiologists say it's nice to have a third space, a place where you can go to rub shoulders with people that might disagree with you, rub shoulders with people that are far from the Lord and things like that where you can have interactions that you normally wouldn't have outside church and home. And friends, this is where we start rounding third in terms of our church. So we're a church. We meet in homes during the week. But the facility that we meet in is the YMCA. And the YMCA, for us, is our third place. It's our third place. This place is our hall of Tyrannus. So if you're new with us, um, every January, we just love to bring up our history. It helps us like remember who we are and where we're going. So just like a quick snapshot of our mama church, okay? So Antioch, the, plant, the church that planted us, they started as Lebanon Evangelical Free. They met in a funeral home and they had community groups and they were doing a great job, right? And the, the YMCA opened up. They moved to the YMCA. Why? Cheap rent. Okay? And so they're meeting in the Y and like enjoying it and things like that. And they were having elder meetings and people were meeting in groups and things like that. And slowly, slowly, God started to open their eyes and as they were down on their knees, this is the progression of their thought. Once we get enough money in the budget, once we grow, then we'll become a quote-unquote real church, and then we'll, build, we'll buy a piece of land and we'll build a building. But as they were on their knees, and they were looking at how 30,000 people from all from Warren County and beyond are coming to this central location. They're like, why in the world would we build a building and call people away from where they're already coming to? This is our hall of Tyrannus. If you're familiar with the scriptures, it's like when Paul went to Mars Hill, it would be like going and building off-site from Mars Hill and trying to woo the philosophers away from Mars Hill. Why don't we just stay here? And so they got down on their knees and they said, Lord, I think this is what you're doing in our lives and in our church. We commit to never building a building. We commit to staying here because we feel like you're calling us to reach people, to reach the lost here. Third space. Meanwhile, while they were committing and to do that, like God, kind of like the Grinch, you know how his heart like was real small kids, and then it was like big, and bigger, and bigger, right? So they had this perception like, we'll never move. This is the greatest rental like facility ever. And then they started studying the history of the YMCA, and they learned it wasn't just a gym and swim. They started digging into the, the founding documents and the covenants and things like that. And they're like, oh my word, the C in YMCA is not just um, for convenience. They actually believe the gospel and they want to use the platform of the YMCA to advance the gospel. Let me read to you and follow along. This is called the Paris Basis, okay? This is um, the founding document of the history of the YMCA. It says, the Young Men's Christian Association seeks to unite those young men who, regarding Jesus Christ as God and Savior, according to the Holy Scriptures, desire to be his disciples in their faith and in their life and to associate their efforts for the extension of his kingdom amongst young men. I know that was a lot of words. Let me just summarize it with four things. This is what the Paris basis is saying. This is the, the DNA of the YMCA. And I know that some of it has been lost. We're trying to recover it. They're trying to recover it. But here's the four things that every YMCA commits to. One, 
to exalt Jesus. Number two, to be faithful to God's Word. Number three, to make disciples. And number four, to spread God's kingdom. It's pretty great, isn't it? Could you get behind that? Yeah, me too. Me too. But just to prick us a little bit, to prick we, us beyond like, ah, we're just renting. It would be, this is a conversational tone. Wait a second, Mike. I think you're saying that this, this like rental situation is a little bit different. And I'm going, yeah, it is. Because if we were renting in a movie theater, they would say, yeah, 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 sure. Pay us, you know, whatever on Sunday morning. And if I said, but could we come and, and talk about the Lord with um, the people who, who want to watch movies? They'd be like, no, that's crazy. Well, what if we just came like Friday night and we just like offered to pray for people and maybe like, um, you know, had a, a few like books to encourage you? No, absolutely not. If you were renting in a school cafeteria, right? It'd be like, yeah, yeah, it would be great. It helps out with our budget. This and that, just like meet there and make sure you clean up afterwards. Oh, great, but can I come and teach um, health in the public schools from a Christian worldview? Or can I come and teach math and science, but like all, just bring up like creation and bring up like how the Lord is a, no, 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 we just want you, we just want, no. No, there's nothing wrong with that, like other churches that are doing that. We're just trying to highlight what God has entrusted to us right here. And so the Y started expanding. The Countryside YMCA of Lebanon had the opportunity to build Landon. They approached Antioch's elders and they said, we won't build unless you guys plant with us. We believe so much that this is a part of our vision. We want the gospel to be spread and God has entrusted the gospel through Jesus Christ to the church. We need that. We need your help. And so Landon Church was, was planted. And then um, the Y had the opportunity to buy this building from Grace Presbyterian. They bought it. They approached Antioch elders and they said, hey, let's just make a deal. If we build will you just always plant with us? And the elders went, we don't even have to pray about that. Yes, yes, we will. And so that's when Antioch said, we're going to plant a church in Mainville. Here's the site. They bought it. And here we are. Here we are. Now, we're a little bit different than the YMCA of Lebanon, which is the largest facility in the world for YMCAs, the largest gym and swim. We're a little bit different than Landon, which is kind of like a drive-through workout place. Um, the YMCA here is a daycare. It's 88 families and 25 staff. When this building was purchased by the Y from Grace Presbyterian, and great job hanging with me. I know that this is like a lot of history, but this will inform our vision for years to come, okay? When the Y bought this, the church said, please, actually, contractually, we're not going to sell it to you unless a church is planted in it. We believe so much in the church. And Y's like, of course. And then the Y said, you know what? This is a unique situation. I mean, it's not the typical gym and swim. Our vision is mind, body, soul, or spirit. How about we not put treadmills in here? You know, across the globe, I think the YMCA does a great job with mind. I think they do a great job with body. And this is the board talking I think we could grow in the area of being a ministry to the spirits of people spiritually. Let's grow in that area. Let's buy this building and make it the chief spot to be a soul center of the community. And so they did.
So you know how like when you bought your house, you moved in and it like took you a long time to move in? Had, has anyone ever felt like they're moved in the day after? No. There's like boxes around and stuff, right? Like you move into your house and like maybe you even get all your furniture in place and bed in place. And then it's like round two. All right, let's look. What pictures belong where? You know what? We have this in our old house. It's not going to work in this new house, right? And it takes a, a while to dwell in a place. Like not just to like be inside four walls, but to really gain comfort and to move into a home. You know what, sweetheart? I, we need to change out these countertops. You know, I keep hitting my hips along this thing and it's not a weight issue. We need to just shave this off or whatever. You know what? Our old trash can, it doesn't fit in the pantry. You know what? Let's spend 20 bucks and get a new one, right? It takes a while to figure out how to move into a house, right? And so too a church. Friends, it takes a while to figure out what is going to be What's going to be our niche here in this community? How is God going to use us to be a resource to this community so that the gospel would grow here? So I just want to like plant the seed of patience, yet urgency. So we've tried a few things. We've, like, we've really prayed through, and, and I think, just in closing today, I'd love to, to just give you four prayers about the vision of our church. This, these, these can be individual prayers for you, um, with your coworkers, for your student, you know, your classmates, your what you know, whatever, but also communally as your church. This is how I'd love us to pray going from here. Number one. And they all start or they all have the word open in them just to help you with memory. It might be a little cheesy for you, but I went for it, okay? Uh, number one, Lord, would you help me open my lips? So, I mean, we can preach strategy till we're blue in the face, but if we never open our mouth and share the good news of Jesus, people will never become Christians. We know this, and we'll get here in Romans. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes through hearing, and hearing by the word. And that happens when people open their mouths and tell people about the good news. That's what we need to do. Psalm 51 says, Open my lips, Lord, that I may praise you. We need God's help here. That's a great prayer. Open my lips. Number two, Lord, would you help me open my schedule? So like Paul and his disciples, right? It took sacrifice, which is a word that we don't like to use oftentimes in Christendom. They sacrificed a few hours of their day every day to persuade and to reason in this hall. God's going to advance his kingdom when we sacrifice and open up our calendar Number three, Lord, would you help me open up my home? So if you're thinking like this, like, oh, Pastor Mike, I can't even get dinner on the table. And you're talking about like 10,000 foot like vision and YMCA's and planting churches. And they said, like, I don't even know what we're having for lunch. And I'm pretty sure I left my oven on. <gasps> Wait, I got to go. Sweetheart, I'll come back and pick you up, right? That kind of stuff. Well, it's okay. If you have your hard time like wrapping your brain around um, a third space idea, God would call you to start in your home first, to open your lips to your children, to speak often of it in the home with with, with whoever's there, to invite people into your home and to use your home as a platform for ministry. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be like the perfect cook. You can have mac and cheese and hot dogs and still talk about the kingdom of God with people. Got it? Number four, last one. Lord, would you help me pray for open doors? This is a Colossians 4 prayer. We've used it a number of times. It says, at the same time, pray for us also that God may open to us a door for the word. 
It's a great prayer, great outward arrow prayer. Lord, open doors here. Give us relational favor. Lord, would you do it? Would you open so that the, the lost may find Jesus? And then verse 10, it says, This continued for two years, so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. Closing comment. So ask yourself, Lord, if, if they had two years and everyone heard the word of the Lord, what would it take? What would it take, Lord? What if we had two years? What would our strategy be? What would our hearts be? How can I change my schedule? How can I change so that all of little Miami and Loveland and Maine, Lebanon, every, all around us, how would they hear the word of the Lord? Let that sink. Let's pray. Lord, we can't do it on our own strength, our own cleverness, our own technology, our own whatever. We know that the kingdom of God advances one conversation at a time. And so we're asking, Lord, would you open doors for our people to converse with those who are far from God? Lord, equip them so that the dialogue, the conversation about the Lord would continue. Lord, would you soften their hearts? Would you go out before us? Would you help us see every opportunity as, as, as a chance to share Christ with people? Give us wisdom on when and how. Give us the words to say. But ultimately, we are declaring that we are your servants. We want to be used by you. Would you do it? Would you sweep through this highway 22 and 3 and cause great revival in the land? We love you. And we trust you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.